This is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. Sit yourself down, strap yourself in, as you're going to be listening to Armitage on the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show, where over the course of the next hour, you'll be exposed to music that you should hear on the radio, but don't. For a certain generation, the opening salvo of the Sex Pistols, Anarchy in the UK, still stirs something in our nether regions. Admittedly, for me, the words, is she really going out with him, had an even bigger impact. Looking back at that time, I still find it strangely interesting and odd that some 
40 years plus later, thesis, dissertation, books and films have been written about punk, something that really only lasted 18 months from the summer of 76 until the end of 1977. The damned had split up with the Sex Pistols just about to, with only the clash remaining of the big three. 1976 was the perfect storm for punk to start. Uh, Britain had just come out of the three-day week with power cuts and oil shortages and uh, was careering towards the winter of discontent. For our parents, who had lived through the Second World War rationing, it was just a case of the stiff British upper lip. For the rest of us who'd missed out on the never-heard-it-so-good area, basically it was, well, what's for us? Now, I'm old. But not that old. In the summer of 76, I was 10 going on 11 and more interested in collecting stars of Action Man packaging to acquire either a Century Box or the ultimate prize of an undressed Action Man. I never saw the pistols on Bill Grundy. Uh, we were more of a nationwide BBC watching family. My sister, who was six years older than me, should have, at 17, been more clued up and pointing me in the right direction. Unfortunately... She was in a Cliff Richard secondary school. Didn't help either, as my local one was brand new with the uh, 1977 intake, the only year. No years above us to influence or lead us astray. Now, I had been collecting records since I was seven, uh, but a kid in my class took it to a whole different level. I had no idea of test pressings, promos and acetates. This kid was called Steve Prouse, whose dad, Dave, was a Green Cross code man and the ultimate bad guy, Darth Vader. I remember Steve bringing in a signed damned promo picture where Captain had written rat stinks of shit on it. I couldn't believe it. Band members slagging each other off. Right now, completely lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, Britain in the 70s was grim, just ripe for musical change. Same thing happened on the east coast of the United States. Now, I can't claim to know the political situation in the States during the mid-70s, although I think Gerald Ford was the president. But New York, at that time, was pretty much bankrupt edgy and dangerous. When I lived there at the end of 86, it still was to a degree. Drugs and prostitutes were pretty much on every corner around Times Square. But the funny thing was, when I went back at the end of 99, I didn't feel as safe or as comfortable. I think I'm more scared of the corporate man than I am on some dude going bummers, bummers, smoke, smoke, or being asked out on a date for a price. Things are different today Back in New York I lived down on 3rd Street Way back in that day There were junkies, pimps and whores Hallelujah Now it's squeak and clean There's no place left to stay
Michael Munro and the Ballad of the Lower East Side. And I'm still waiting for the announcement that they will be the special guest on the Dams UK Autumn Tour.
course, that was Plan 9. Channel 7, take from the dams, live in the marquee. 40th anniversary live album. No, I haven't got a ticket to see them. Supporting the Hollywood Vampires next Wednesday, as it's Wembley. By the time I get there, battling my way through London traffic, the dam would have been and gone. Mind you, I could technically leave my car at work and get the Jubilee line straight there. The Squirrel, who, as I mentioned on Sunday, saw the aforementioned Hollywood Vampires and the Michael Monroe band over in Finland, apparently had too much of a good time. So much so, a certain person's wallet was left at the hotel they were staying at. Fortunately, it, along with its contents, are winging quite literally its way back to the UK. Anyway, she said that the Hollywood Vampires were seriously good. Well, considering the sum of their parts, you think that they would be. Uh, the... If the gig was at the hotel, I think I probably would have forked out to go. Uh, during the darkness set, I probably would have gone to the bar, obviously not to drink alcohol at arena prices. Tickets still are available for Wembley, uh, but with a £7.50 surcharge per ticket for <clears throat> service charges and another £1.50 per ticket for <clears throat> facility charges, two tickets would set you back 133 quid. Shame. But there you go. One of the songs that the Hollywood Vampires covered on the 2015 self-titled album was John Lennon's Cold Turkey, a song I've always wanted to cover. Made a faux pas on last Sunday's show by saying that the memorial tribute gig for Gary Warland, vocalist for the Heavy Drapes at the New Cross Inn, was on the 21st of September. It isn't. It's on the 15th. Come on, it was early in the morning. To wit, any mistakes I might make tonight will be down to it being late at night. Not an excuse, a reason. Here are the Heavy Drapes and Into the Blue.
better get into some new music before today's show becomes a trip down memory lane. Did you know that there is actually a memory lane in Camberwell? Yeah, apparently it's very nostalgic. The new deal might be new in name, but they comprise of real dealers in the shape and form of Jeff Turner from the Cockney Rejects and Sulu, formerly of the Diamond Dogs, and now, amongst others, the Crunch, that also counts another Cockney Reject in its ranks in the form of Mick Geddes. I'll tell you, it won't be long before we see Sulu in a West Ham football top. The New Deal's debut recording is Canning Town Beach, which doesn't just give a sly dig at gentrification of the East End, but a whopping, no pun intended, bolo bunch that any member of the ICF would be proud of. Hopefully, this isn't just a one-off. Some work today This people I owe You end up in the gutter If you ain't got no dough Penthouse apartments A bill for show Cause can it Just cannot oh, yeah. help but love 
Rum Bar Records, whether you are a punter or in a band on their roster, because for both, they go that extra mile. Now, it seems that the head honchos over at said record label have just decided to carpet bomb us with a clutch of veritable smash-and-grab new releases. First up, it's Duck and Cover, that feature from Boston, Rich Hoss, Damien Payne, Daniel Sussman and Christian Weissmoller. Guitarist and lead vocalist Christian says of their new digital singer, Live It Up, it's pretty much more of the same from us. Hard rock, punk, garage, whatever the fuck we are. My intent was to write a helicopter's meet the cult song, but this wound up sounding more like ACDC going bowling with the Alma Brothers. Well, alrighty, sounds good to me. Live It Up has been taken from the upcoming 7-inch mini EP, CD and EP release called Robin Blind that is out later this summer. Up next, we are asked to climb aboard the Magic Bus with a brand new mod psych hook after hook, fuzzed out guitars, wild garage, power pop and distortion from the Lazarus Fairs and Crom Fallon. This split single will be spinning at your next shindig with the Lazarus Flair Lily May on the A-side and Crom Fallon's debut, Scars From You, on the flip. <laughs> Yeah. 
that I have played before were way back in October of last year on episode 575 if you're interested are Justine and the Unclean the tracking question was I'm in love with you a chuckass well the band have just released a new single called Be Your Own Reason with vocalist Justine saying of said track and I quote everybody's always telling us what to do we say screw that do your own thing for your own reason be that reason and to hell with the well beaten path
right, moving away from Rumbar Records and on to Johnny Mafia, who have been high rollers in the burgeoning post-garage punk racket that has been gripping their home country of France over the last few years. For some kind of music, uh, you have the choice between playing hard or loud and playing fast and loud. Johnny Mafia plays fast and loud, although on new single Big Brawl, which you are just about to hear, the production has uh, smoothed over some potential rough edges. Their biography says the band dwell on the legacy of the Ramones. On the strength of the single, I'd add vocally some Johnny Thunders. hiatus for far too long with the demons i mean the last studio album scarce as you rock came out in uh, 2010 true in march of last year we were treated to the kids are gonna cry signal fortunately uh, the band's mojo has been fully recharged with enough material released this year to give the hit priest a run for the money actually as you know in march there was a demons hit priest split single which i aired over the course of episodes 609 and 610. Uh, coming up, they have a four-way split, amongst others, with King Mastino on Revox Records in September, an album with Jeff Dahl on Ghost Highways, October, a single on Lux Noise Records, November, a song on the soundtrack album from the movie Race with the Devil, Drive Like Hell, that also features Skill School, a tribute compilation to Dead Moon, a track on one of those various artists' compilation albums called Mac One, the rock album on the Bongo Boy Records, not to mention... A single on God's Candy Records, a new studio album, and a single on Speed Freak Records. Today, that's the 15th of June, future and non-rock radio UK listeners saw the release on Ghost Highway Records of A Street Corner of No Return. According to the band's Wikipedia page, has been waiting to come out since late last year. Musically, I immediately thought of a modern day damned, uh, but with a higher ranged Jimmy Percy fronting them. Superb stuff, probably the strongest stuff that they have released so far.
five years ago, Wilco Johnson was diagnosed with late-stage pancreatic cancer, as we all know. Farewell tours were booked with an accompanying DVD, along with an album with fellow Peter Green fan Roger Daltrey. Having undergone an 11-hour operation to remove his pancreas, spleen, part of his stomach, small and large intestines, and the removal and reconstruction of blood vessels relating to the liver, Wilco has been thankfully cancer-free for the last three and a half years. Fast forward to today... And Wilco has just released his first new solo band material since 2005's Red Hot Rocking Blues. Blow your mind, 12 tracks of basically classic Wilco Johnson tunes. It's the album that everyone thought would never be recorded. I love it. Here's the title track. Backstreet Woman Don't Wear No Fancy Clothes
Straight after Wilco Johnson was the Beatles and the get back rehearsal on the 28th of May 1969 of the one after the 909. If you get a chance, listen to it through headphones loudly to really hear the split vocals and guitar work. I know the Beatles were never really sold on stereo, preferring to spend all their time and effort on the mono mixes, but I really enjoyed that. A band that was right for mono were... The Ramones. Fortunately, we can hear the whole of their debut album, thanks to the 40th anniversary release of it, in that format. With the 40th anniversary of Road to Ruin coming up in September, I hope that will be given the once, if not twice over. From Road to Ruin, taking us to the midnight hour, and two hours of the classic rock show with Will Meadows, unless of course you're listening to the Wednesday repeat, in which case it will be Independence Rocks with Nick Giles. This is... I just want to have something to do until Sunday at 9am. Take it easy. (laughs) 